Today's podcast is sponsored by the Perturbed Dragon Tavern. It says here that this establishment serves only the finest real ale and the best meat pies this side of Grim Harbor. Well, I can tell you that I visited this establishment a number of times a few years ago. I was part of a gaming group, but we had a falling out that was never resolved. Anyway, their beer tastes like battle water, and their cocktail selection is almost non-existent. I'm fairly sure that their meat pies are made from rat meat. I was terribly ill after eating one. Anyway, if you feel you have to visit this festering hovel of a tavern, you'll find it just outside the western gate of Thorniston's Hale, the Perturbed Dragon Tavern. Who even comes up with these names? It's ridiculous. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. Peter, did you like the way I just did the intro? I thought no. I'd add a little bit of flair and drama to it. Not like. Oh dear. <laughs> oh well. No um, well, I, as always, am your host, Morris, a.k.a. Russ, or Russ, a.k.a. Morris. And with me is my invisible yet dutiful co-host... Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild of Roleplayers. Russ, as always, delighted to be here. Hello, Peter. Hello, Russ. How's your week been? Yes. What in the world of RPGs has caught your eyes or ears or nose or other senses in the last week? Oh, um, well, something that's been quite interesting is that in my uh, club, the Southampton Guild Roleplayers, mm. we've actually had, we, we run it on a season system. So rather than just running until the GMs break under the strain of, having to do two or three years at a time, mm-hmm. we say, you know what, see if you can tell a story in six weeks, yeah. which is about 18 hours, mm. uh, which is a lot more than the BBC gives most of their storytelling capabilities. Sure. So what uh, has happened is that one DM has pretty much finished a story arc and has mm. gone on to other things, but another GM has decided to take up that, who was a player in that game, has decided to take up that system. And the also the players and keep the continuity going. Right. So so we we were a bit oh ooh, we don't know what to make of this. And we decided well actually it was quite quite flattering because clearly the game was yeah. interesting enough for someone to want to take it on. And we treated treat it like you know a, a change of director. Out of curiosity, what was it? Uh, Firefly using the Cortex rules. Oh okay. Yeah yeah. So yeah, what can I say? Firefly not cancelled after one season. <laughs> <laughs> so you are not Fox, in other words. Well, uh, well, well, one chap is Fox and the other's uh, Universal, so yeah. we're, we're, we're doing all right. Doing Fair all right. Enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, that is relevant, actually. Yeah. Mm. So what's caught your eye, Russ? Uh, I, uh, something televisual. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you know the Big Bang Theory? I'm aware of its work. The uh, television show. I w- the sitcom. I, uh, sitcom is situational comedy, and <laughs> I struggle to describe the Big Bang Theory as comedy. Well, okay, I like it. That's not the point, anyway. Though we're not here yeah. to review the Big Bang Theory. Uh, I'm not here to. Television. I'm not here to judge you for your awful taste in TV programs. What I was I going am, to say is, like, yeah. they've played D and D on the Big Bang Theory lots and lots and lots of. Okay, but it's usually just sort of like a scene where it's just yeah, like yeah. the background to a conversation they're having. Mm-hmm. Um, they're doing a uh, a whole D and D themed episode. It's in its final Ooh. season. The show. Now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and they've got some big, big guest stars for it. Ooh. And so in this episode, there's going to be... They've got Vin Diesel, Judy Dench, Will no. Wheaton. Uh, they've got Will Wheaton. Hey. They've got William Shatner. Okay. They've got Joe Manganie- Manganiello. 
Ah, Jodie Unpronounceable. Yes. Awesome chap. Kevin Smith. Oh, yeah. Well, the director. Uh, director and actor. Actor, yes. And um, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who is a basketball Yeah. Has he not been on something as well? I don't know. No. I'm probably thinking of a different one. I'm not really oh, okay. familiar with basketball, but mm. so I'd never heard of him before. I had to look him up. Oh, yeah, okay. But yeah, um, there's no date for it yet, So, but they're, half, they're pretty much halfway through the final season now, so it can't mm-hmm. be that far. Okay. I would like to see him share. Hmm? 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 We. So for those of you listening you? at home, <laughs> um, Russ caused me to almost spurt a glorious arc of tea all over his living room, which would defeat the decluttering purpose. <laughs> well, to be fair, the state of the floor isn't great right now. Look at those paw prints. That's a lot of muddy paw prints. Yeah. Mm. Uh, um, no, those aren't Russ's, if you're joining us for the first time. Those would belong to Django, no, his I, dog. No, I have hooves, obviously. Well, yeah, yeah, obviously, like him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's like a bifurcated or trifurcated hooves, completely different completely different tracks. Yes. Anyway, should we do some news? Yes, let's. All right, then. So, first bit of news, the most important bit of news in my eyes, although maybe not in everyone else's, but certainly in my eyes. Is it the Pathfinder 2 playtest? No. <laughs> it is Judge Dredd in the world of 2000 AD. Uh-huh. If you've been waiting to get your hands on it. Oh. So the Kickstarter backers had the PDF last October. Mm-hmm. So it's been three months. Yes. So it's finally time to make the PDF available to the general public. Exciting. No um, hardbacks yet, because obviously the Kickstarter... Kickstarter? Kickstarter. Kickstarter. Kickstarter backers have to yes. get theirs. Yes. And uh, they're getting theirs over the next month or so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but you can buy the PDF version now Ooh. of the core rules. You can buy the PDF version of the Robot Wars Adventure Stroke Sourcebook. Okay. And you can buy the PDF version of the uh, counter token set. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and you get them all now. And also, if you do buy the PDF version in advance now, mm-hmm. and, and, you, and you're waiting for the print, mm-hmm. if you're going to buy the print version off Drive Through RPG, and this only works if you buy it off Drive Through RPG, but then you can only get the PDF off. Me, so okay, yeah, that makes sense in my head. What I just said, I'm sure it makes sense. Somebody somewhere. You, you said several words there. Yeah, right. If you buy the PDF at Drive Through RPG, check. Uh, and you intend to buy the hardcover later when it becomes available at Drive Through RPG, check you will get sent a coupon discounting mm-hmm. the value of the PDF from the price of the hardcover. Ah, so um, you're just paying for the hardcover. Yeah, because what we always, always do is when you buy a hard copy of mm-hmm. a thing on Drive Through RPG, yeah. the PDF's free, always. Of course. And, and frankly, if you if you bought a hard copy of um, one of our things by any other means, which doesn't have that functionality, mm-hmm. like, you know, like a shop, Yes, <laughs> or, uh, or Amazon or something like that. You can always contact us and we'll do it manually and send you. Something. Yeah, so, so you're part of the bricks and mortar scheme. We're not part of the bricks and mortar. You're not scheme. part of the bricks no. and mortar scheme. Though maybe we shall be. Okay, uh, the bricks and mortar scheme for but those who in don't spirit. know. Yeah, spirit, spiritually you approve of what they're doing, even if you're not formally part yeah. of it. Yeah. The bricks and mortar scheme, of course, being where many friendly local game stores, if you buy a hard copy not necessarily hard cover i think but just any copy a physical copy of a book will help hook you up with the pdf mm. provided of course the publisher supports this which i think is absolutely fantastic anyway we digress yes we do digress um so, so yeah much digression. Digression. it's available now you can go and buy it right now ah excellent you can get your hands on that sweet sweet dread action yes you can yeah and the worlds of 2018 and the worlds of 2018 yeah okay moving on yeah did you know that mm. finally your dream has come true. <sighs> the thing that you have been waiting for all those many years of your life. <sighs> Finally now, I mean, 
You can have a D&D notebook. That is different from what I was expecting. <laughs> I must admit, I'm a little disappointed. But I'll try and solder through. Go on, tell me about this D&D notebook. <laughs> so it's, uh, <laughs> well, it's, um, it's a notebook. Interesting. Is it perchance D&D themed in cover? Yes. So I have a picture of it here. So no. it's, called, um, it's called the Dungeons and Dragons Bestiary Notebook Set. And it's right. coming out in October. October of 2019. Yes. So in approximately, what, eight months now? Yes. Right. Uh, and it includes eight mini notebooks. Eight mini notebooks. So you can write notes in. But the exciting thing about them is each mm-hmm. one on the cover features a different monster. And inside mm-hmm. you'll find stats and a brief history. Hmm. Okay, right. You don't look in... I, that, I'm sure it sounds... I thought, actually, it wasn't a terrible idea. Sort of if, you, if you've got a gaming group and you want mm-hmm. an inexpensive Christmas... Oh, you, you could, like, buy a set of those, because there's eight of them, and just okay. give everyone just a little notebook. Nice, cheap little present oh, gaming okay. thing. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 so that could work. going to break the bank. No, no, it's been quite, quite reasonable. Um, yeah, I, like, okay, yeah. A note, notebook with D&D stuff. Fantastic. But... Uh-huh. That's not all. <gasps> There's more. Oh, God, I can see the excitement on your face. Go on, hit me, you Billy Mays. literally shaking with What's excitement. Okay, you can also get something called a, a book of holding. Bum, bum, bum. And you know what that is? Is it a book you can put things in? It's a book that you can write in. <gasps> it is bum, bum, a bum. D&D journal. So it's sort of a book of writing. Uh, so it says each section of the oh, journal yeah. is filled with gridded or lined pages... And it includes five spreads of interstitial artwork and a Ooh. back pocket for storing character sheets and notes. Oh, that does sound quite nice. I do like a good journal. Um, so, yeah, That's two, two lovely um, notebooks and journals. Yes, fulfilling all your D&D stationary-related needs. Yes. What? That look <laughs> on your face says, what can I tell you? What can I tell you? Well, at least it's not a lunchbox, eh? Yeah. Right. Um, have That's- you... Ever heard of the mountain goats? I have seen mountain goats. But the mountains. Not mountain goats in general, but the okay. mountain goats. Do they, are they famous for having one leg shorter than the other? To be fair, I hadn't heard of them until the other day either. Um, they are, in fact, a uh, American rock band. Okay. And they have announced yeah. a new album, mm-hmm. which uh, is uh, called In League with Dragons. It's nice. inspired by Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. It's coming out on April the 26th, mm-hmm. and they're doing a sort of premiere performance of it at Wizards of the Coast. Nice. That's going to give them a lot more publicity than they would otherwise receive. So what's this, uh, what's the name of the album again? Uh, it's called In League With Dragons. In League I'm With I'm not Dragons. really sure what sort of style of music they do. Mm-hmm. I'm not that familiar. When I say not that familiar, I'm not familiar with them at all. I, I imagine perhaps folk or poker. I That's think, what's popular. With I think. I think. I think. If I look at the, look at the album cover, there you can see the. Uh, there is a dragon that appears to have beams coming out of its wings, or maybe yeah. it's been shot. I don't know. I don't know. And it's, well, and it's breathing it fire. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that looks a bit folky or prog rocky or something. I don't know. It it could literally be anything. Yes, it could be. But anyway, if if D and D inspired music is your jam. I've never said is your jam in my life before, and I probably never would again. Then there you go. There's an album coming out for you in April. D and D music coming out in April. Yes, you heard it here probably first. I expect I'll check it out. I'm yeah, mildly yeah. curious. Yeah, yeah, okay, fair enough. Why not? Each to their own. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Uh, in League with Dragons by the Mountain Goats. Good times. <laughs> yeah, the D and D Sage Advice Compendium. 
maintained by Jeremy Crawford over on the site. Yes. Has been updated. Ah, there are more clarifications. There are more clarifications. Remind me, how long has D&D been out now? Uh, This version of it? Four or five years? Four or five years. Four or five years of clarifications in various tweets, all in one handy book. Yeah. Uh, Um, Well, it's been updated with... It's not a a massive number. Uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 new which I've uh, conveniently listed on my oh, website. fantastic. Yeah. Uh, any highlights? Uh, not really. Um, let's have a look. we got, uh, can a dragonborn sorcerer with a draconic bloodline have two different times of draconic ancestry? Do the benefits of bardic inspiration and the guidance spell stack? Uh, yeah. Can a monk use stunning strike with an unarmed strike, even though unarmed strikes aren't weapons? Oh, I don't know. I think the kind of bound and gagged druid simply use wild shape to get out. Yes, it, it is quite hard to capture someone who can turn into a mouse at will. Is there a hard limit on how many short rest characters can take in a day, or is this purely up to the DM to decide? Well, I would personally say there's definitely a hard limit of 24. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you're doing more than 24 short rests in one venturing day, you may be overresting. You may be a time traveller. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, 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 I had other questions along those lines. Uh, okay. I won't, I, won't list, I won't list them all. Yeah. And, um, okay. Yet uh, more clarifications. How exciting. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Gen Con. Yeah. Have a new mascot. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. What was your mascot? I don't know. Okay. But they've got a new one. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is a dragon, as you can see. Oh, yes. Uh, what was it? A big four-legged dragon. Uh, red, obviously. Big horns. Anyway, the new mascot is... Yes. It, and it they is want Twitter yes. to name it. So, Dragon McDragonface. <laughs> possibly go wrong. <laughs> After all, every time we ask the general public what they think, they always give us great answers yeah. with no drawbacks whatsoever. Uh, Gen Con has declared that the uh, not only will the tweet with the most likes be chosen, Gen Con do say it is subject to their approval. So, they're going to edit, I presume, any silly. Yes. In fact, oh, yes. Oh, oh. Although, although, oh, Draco McFireface. Yeah, that yeah. was Daryl's suggestion, yeah. I don't yeah. think that's a terrible idea for a mascot. It's a mascot, after all. You can have a silly name, surely. It, I, I, I've i seen that, that dragon does not lend itself to being taken lightly. Like, it's not a fluffy dragon. Depends how big it is. That's true. If it was cat size. That's one-to-one size, that picture. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> so it's the size of a large mouse. Yeah, well, <laughs> not a large mouse. We're, we're talking, I don't know, maybe... Maybe a particularly feisty guinea pig. If guinea pigs just <laughs> fly and breathe fire. Yeah. So what would you call a guinea pig-sized dragon? Hmm. Yes. Um, I don't know. Tyrannax, the all-devouring. Something like that, yeah. Something like that, Something yeah. along those lines. Uh, Robotech. New role-playing game using Savage Worlds announced by Battlefield Press. Oh, that's a, a bold move. Is that for compatibility with the Savage Worlds Adventure Edition? I would assume so. It, it literally says the campaign sourcebook will require the Savage Worlds core rulebook, but it doesn't say which one specifically. Mm-hmm. I would assume it makes sense. Okay. Includes stats for notable characters, background events that are happening during the setting, and spaceships and gear, all done in Savage Worlds game information. Okay. Interesting. So they clearly noticed that the 35th anniversary of uh, Battletech has uh, popped up. Mm. <laughs> Uh, what else do we have in the news? Um, brief bit of information about Nordcon. Ah, uh, Steve Nordcon. Jackson Games Convention we mentioned the other week. Yeah. We now know it's taking place from April 6th to the 7th mm-hmm. at the TCEA 
conference center in Austin, TX. Is that Texas. Texas. Austin, Texas, yes. I hate it when Americans do. Oh, yeah. I don't know what they all mean. <laughs> no, no. Um... Where are we? Uh, the convention will be limited to 250 people. Um, because they say we want to give our attendees a really memorable experiences. Cost you forty dollars and you get a swag bag. That's a limiting it to two hundred and fifty people. Yeah, it's a small convention. Wow, yeah, that's that's pretty tiny. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, that's probably it for the news Exciting. Yeah, it was uh, yeah. Newstastic. Yes. I was actually thinking, um I did want to ask our listeners thing about feedback. Oh yes, yeah. Because well, well segments. Oh, yes, yes, yes. If you think about the way we do our podcast. Yes. We have. We start off with... An introduction. Yeah. Then things that caught our eye. Yes. Then we do the news. Yes. Then we do the kickstarter game. Yes. We do a sketch. Yes. Then we do the main topic. Yes. And sometimes the order of those varies a bit, but basically yeah. that's it. Yeah. Um, I was just wondering if um, our listeners had any ideas of segments could do. We always want to keep it fun. Yes. A, a short little segment that wouldn't take us more than like a few minutes and which was fun, which we could sort of intersperse. Yeah, it could be, it could be fun if anyone can think of one. Yeah, if there's anything that you'd like us to see us cover, we'll give it a go and say yeah. thank you very much. So just know. email us at morrispodcast at gmail.com. Yes, or obviously there is also the Discord. Or go find us on Discord or find us on our Facebook page. We do have all of those. It's Morris's uh, unofficial podcast page that's uh on facebook morris's unofficial tabletop rpg talk morris's unofficial same tab- same as the name as the podcast ah. uh the discord is the same name as the podcast as well so this cunning this cunning plan i had is to name things all the same thing so people could find it. i thought that was clever that that doesn't sound like you Russ. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm i'm wondering who you are if you don't know Russ morrissey and also there's links to on the podcast website ah yes yes which is what morris.podbean.com yes Yes, that's M-O-R-R-U-S. Or you can tweet me, at Morris. Yes. Lots and lots of ways. Anyway, if you have any yes. ideas, there you go. Yeah, if you just want to say, hey, cool podcast, please let us know, because not enough people do. Anyway, moving on. Swiftly on. Would you like to play our favourite game? In- mm, okay, I'll go get a deck of cards. <laughs> mm. You won't need a deck of cards for this one, I'm afraid, Peter. We're not playing Snap. We are not playing Snap. Well, what are we doing then? We are playing a game where I tell you the name of a podcast and you try and guess what it is from just the name. Oh, that sounds like a good idea. We should play that. We should play that. Let's do that. (laughs) Although I would like to make a little call out to um, our good friend Shane Stacks. Hey, Shane. Who's been posting links to RPG podcasts in our Discord. Thanks, Shane. (laughs) Which means the ones that he's posted I now can't include in the game because you've seen them. So, you know, if you are using our Discord, try to avoid the whole um, posting links to podcast thing. No, no. Not podcasts. Kickstarters. Kickstarters. Have I been saying podcasts? You have been saying podcasts. I meant Kickstarters. But, yeah, I don't think you should um, censor the readers from (laughs) posting Kickstarters. Not that this will make my my part in this game much, much easier. (laughs) But, But it does mean that it will make it harder for us to shout out the Kickstarters that you do post in the in the Discord. So, yeah. Um, but what can you do? But certainly if you want to talk about it, more always more than happy to. Mm. I, I like the one he posted earlier, which was a character creation for 5th Ed D&D, which was essentially you could have like big lists of different things. It was a way to create balanced new races and species and so forth. So, yeah, that seems yes. promising. All yeah. right. Are you ready to play the game? Very well. Oh, and here has an additional stipulation. How about, this just crazy idea, 
we try doing podcasts. Uh, sorry, podcasts. You got me doing it now. Yes. Crazy stipulation. We do Kickstarters. Yes. That end after the podcast goes out. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Oh, I think that's a terrible idea. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> hear me out. Let's, let's try this. Let's try it. Let's try it. Let's try it. Yeah. Right then, number one. Are you ready? Yes. Are me. you on the edge of your seat? Actually, you are literally. I couldn't be any further on the edge of my seat without actually being off it. That should be funny. Uh, but now I'd just be crouching. That wouldn't be mm. as good luck. Anyway. More are Slavic. You if, um, are you ready? Yes. Number one. Woo. What is? Yes. Volcania. The Volcania. Well, I'm hoping it's a role-playing game involving volcanoes. Uh, V-U-L, not V-O-L. Vulcan as in Spock. Oh, yeah. yeah, Vulcan has in the Roman name for okay, Hesphastus, yeah, the yeah. smith of the gods, sure. who's associated with crafting and volcanoes. So, Vulcania would be a land where it is set. Um, I'm going to say, like, sort of a European slash Italian vibe. Um, yeah, there'll be, like, I guess, probably not strictly fantasy, because if you're going to go with Vulcan, then I'm hoping for, like, maybe some sort of steampunk-esque start or steampunk adjacent major technocracy that sort of thing basically like not proper sci-fi per se but sort of set in the past but with more technology so like sort of that 18th century vibe ish in a pseudo italy nowhere specific feel um and i'm hoping for a big ass volcano hmm. i will give you yes. 80 points mm-hmm. out of 87 Oh, that's that's remarkably accurate. That's rather good. Yeah, I was I was I was gonna tell you that you were wrong, and it is in fact a a game where everybody plays Spock. But I decided that was a very very poor joke and won't make. Yes, probably for the probably for the best. Isn't Str- it? Strong choice. Yes, yeah. strong yeah. choice. So, so like you said, it's a it's a yes. What do I get? It's a fantasy steampunk. Steampunk? Steampunk game. I would play a fantasy steampunk game. <laughs> I, would, I would be there. I'd be like, yeah. yeah, poker will never die. Shout out to all you Harry Dresden fans. <laughs> so fantasy steampunk, um, a new D12 system. <gasps> D12. And you can be an adventurer, a Ooh. soldier, a scientist, or a scoundrel. Okay. So four classes, you say, including... Well, I don't know if you could only be those. Those are are certainly four examples of things you can do. Ah, yes. It doesn't say one way or the other. I couldn't No, no, no. Um, It's a big old book, 450 pages. Woo! uh, Full colour. Nice. Hardcover, obviously. Match. Um, It looks looks gorgeous. Okay. Look at that. Um, And yeah, like exactly like I said, D12 system, fantasy steampunk, action, conspiracy, and investigation. Uh, and, and when does the Heroes of Volcania... Do, do, do we have any exciting pictures or cover art or anything like that? Um, there's one rather nice picture there. Okay, so it's like sort of people drawn in almost a animated style? Yeah. No, anime, I want to say. Not, no, it's not anime. Um, comic book. Anyway, what's next? Oh, yeah, the next one is... Yes? Dice Roll Denizens. Um, this sounds like a procedurally generated game where you do an entirely procedurally generated dungeon or something like that um so i'm saying dungeon because denizens but that's sort of the constraint on the design thing that you would need to make it interesting or sorry when i say interesting i mean possible to implement so yeah randomly generated everything 
for quick play, maybe GMless. How about that? Uh, so, um, mm-hmm. it is not bad. Okay. Uh, it's a collection of prompts right. that lets you create over 100 detailed fantasy NPCs in minutes all by rolling the dice. So it's pretty procedurally generated, is yeah. what you're saying. But it's just NPCs, and it's oh. not a GMless RPG or any of that stuff. Oh, I was just hoping for that. Yeah, no. yeah. Okay. Okay, anyway, so Dungeon Dares, it's what, um, when does that end? That ends Friday, February 8th. Friday, February 8th. This this coming Friday. This coming Friday. Okay, so if you're listening to this, that's just come out. If you want to, you can get in and have your own randomly generated NPCs. Hmm. Next one. Zero yes. so far. Okay. Zero points. Okay. That black hole is looming. <laughs> that's all right, I've got the Doctor on speed dial. <laughs> the Savage Sign. You see, because when you use the word savage, mm. that immediately makes me hope for Savage Worlds. That is the only documented use of the word savage. Apart from Doc Savage, my bronze. <laughs> but yeah, we, we won't quibble, Ross. We're, we're friends here. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I don't know, I'm interested. Uh, so, Savage Sign. What I would click through hoping for that to be would be a... Um, well, it's like you've got Savage Worlds. So I'm saying, yeah, Savage Worlds. And sign makes me think Elder Sign. So I'd be hoping for some sort of Call of Cthulhu adjacent. <laughs> so Savage Worlds meets Call of Cthulhu um, has a game. Because they've done action Cthulhu. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Savage hmm. Worlds um, meeting like the signs of the old gods. How about I that? will give you four. Okay. So four for getting Savage Worlds. Woohoo! What it is, is, yes, is yes. a new publication. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the Savage Sign number one, in fact, which contains... It's Savage what, sorry? Savage Sign number one. Okay, yeah. It's, uh, it, con- it is for Savage Worlds. It contains uh-huh. comics, creature features, fiction, Savage tales, Savage settings, maps, character options, gear, settings rules, creature features, all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, a six-page comic. So it's like a, it looks like, like it's kind of a grab bag. Savage Worlds. Stuff. Stuff. Right. Okay, so like what creatures and sort of a smorgasbord of content for the Savage Worlds role-playing system. Have we got anything left? We have another. Okay. Ambient music for D&D Waterdeep Dungeon of the Mad Mage. Now, I'll tell you what that is. That's an amazing (laughs) title. I'm hoping that if I click through on that, I will get a carefully curated list of tracks which will provide maybe even original compositions. If we're lucky, I mean, or they might already have existing music out there, but uh, that would be suitable to listen to whilst, um, and I have like maybe some special effects in there as well. Just like, you know, some really atmospheric things. Cause there's what about uh, 20 odd levels, something like that for Dungeons and Mad Mage. And you've got like a number of tracks so you can like listen to those. <gasps> Even better, like several tracks for each level, just so you could have them on while you're playing through them. And then they can all like be vaguely themed to like the uh, various things. So like maybe some sea shanty style ones to the bits with the uh, the ship. That that's what I'd be hoping for if I clicked through. Well, what it is is it's a um, sci-fi RPG set in the far future, Ooh. around the vicinity of black holes, with a mix of event horizon style horror mm-hmm. and some Star Trek style so you're investigation. Completely, completely wrong. It's a terrible plan. No, you are, of course, completely oh, correct. Oh. Um, you have scored one million and one points there. 
I think He's, the six was in there. You pretty much got it exactly. Yeah. So there's 22 tracks, one for each level. Okay. Um, ambient, original ambient music. Are they quite long tracks? Uh, <laughs> it does say each runs for three to five minutes in length. So I guess you have to put them on. Yeah, why not? Um, and it says that there's 23 songs have been produced and could be played during chapters and narration. Okay. I assume that means while you're narrating. I or guess. does it include narration? I'm not sure. I would hope it doesn't include narration, because if you're putting it on repeat, yeah. that's going to get awkward. I'm assuming this is licensed in some way, because obviously it uses the name D&D and Waterdeep, Dungeon of the yeah. Mad Mage. Oh, if it's so not I, from... assume, I assume there's some connection with the Wizards of the Coast. If it's not from Wizards, who is it? Uh, it's by Marco um, Maze, and it's uh, an okay. Australian chap. Oh, okay. Um, and do we know when the Kickstarter finishes, or how uh, much he wants? Uh, we do. On it? it ends Saturday, February the 9th. Okay. So I think that's this coming Saturday, and you get twenty yes. Australian dollars. Uh, so you've uh, you've uh, saved it at the last minute. Ah, oh, there we go. With one million and one points, yeah, you are now the champion of our favourite game in all the world. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm both the best and the worst player. Yes, that is that is very true. I embrace this paradox. <laughs> and uh, that is it for this week for oh. our favourite game in all the world. Woo! You enter the tavern. It is crowded with travellers from every race eating, drinking and making merry. A shadowy cloaked figure sits by the fireplace. Great. We can probably pick up a quest here. Hmm. Who else can we see? Well, um, lots of people. Um, an old man sits at the bar, halflings reading a book, and there's a pair of elves having an arm wrestle. You feel like the shadowy figure by the fireplace is watching you. Hmm. Okay. I, um, I go up to the halfling and ask him what he's reading. He's reading um, Fly Fishing by J.R. Hartley. Anyway, the way the shadowy figure by the fireplace seems untouched by the light of the flames makes him seem even more mysterious. He puffs at his pipe, releasing a smoke ring. Hmm, I wonder if that's a code. Okay, uh, roll on your smoke ring skills. Uh, No, no, the book. Fly Fishing by J.R. Hartley. What can that mean? It's just a book. Look, the shadowy figure pulls off his hood to reveal a weathered ranger with an air of nobility about him. He meets your gaze, pointedly. Is, uh, is the halfling still reading? No, he's talking to you. No, I mean, yes, he's reading. You notice that the ranger's sword looks valuable. It bears the crest of the Eight Kingdoms. Hmm. I'm talking to the halfling. Uh, have you seen anything strange recently? The halfling answers, No, not really, except for that mysterious shadowy figure in the corner. I wonder if his book is secretly a spell book. Can I, can I make a perception check? It's just a book about fly fishing. The halfling says, I think that ranger wants to talk to you. Mm, classic distraction technique. What's he hiding? I'm going to slip on my monocle of all seeing. Oh, for goodness. A light appears above the ranger's head. It's the word quest in neon. It's flashing. So, does he still look like a halfling through my monocle? Fine. I go, no, he's a dragon. He burns down the tavern, eats all the villagers, and breathes fire on you. I knew it! I draw my sword. Right, so, uh, I guess we're on to the topic of the week. What can we talk about this week? Ooh, well, what would you like to talk about this week, Peter? Um, something that isn't Brexit. That would make me happy not talking about Brexit. That certainly narrows it down. I suppose I should talk about something RPG related. 
Right. You know what I haven't done in ages? I haven't played a really fun sci-fi system. You don't know anything knows anything about that, do you? No. Oh, okay. No. Oh, and you know what? I also like I like to find a really good generic system, one that would like let me mix and match different timelines and spaces and so forth. That's not something you know anything about, is it? Can't help you. Sorry. Oh, okay. So, what exactly is it that you do anyway? <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so um, today's topic is a little bit self-promoty, but you know, yeah. we figured, let's figure out a topic that I can actually talk about without having to do any research. Yeah. And it turns out that my own book is one of those things. I did have some questions that I needed to ask for us about his books and so forth. So uh, it's What's Old is New, which is a, you got Old, which is a fantasy setting, you got New, which is a sci-fi setting. You've got Now, which is the modern day setting. All three books are out. They're mm. all completely cross-compatible. That they are. Right. Tell, tell me more. How, would you, how else would you describe them? Uh, I wouldn't call them a generic system as such, because okay. there's certain things they definitely can't do. They couldn't do mm-hmm. sort of like high-level stuff very well. Oh, fair, um, fair. Yep. And, and things like that. Um, so what, what they do do is those three genres mm-hmm. um, as best as they could possibly, you know, as I could possibly focus on each of those three genres. Mm-hmm. So I'm not trying to make it a big old catch-all thing that can do anything. I just want okay. to make it do those three things very well. So modern day action, mm-hmm. sci-fi, and fantasy. fantasy yeah. oh, okay, right, right. So, so there are other genres out there, and probably you could take a stab at them with what's old is new, but it's certainly not what I designed it. So no sport, say horror or about investigative. Um, yeah, no. I mean, no, not especially. Not, 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 not the main focus of these yeah, games. I mean, so it's not like okay. a gumshoe system, which is designed around investigation. Yeah, that's, that's pure investigation. Or Call of Cthulhu, which is designed around horror and things like that. Yeah, so it's find out. Try, try not to look directly at the monster and being driven insane, mm. which is, yeah. yeah. They, they, they do different things. Yeah. Or Seventh Sea, which is, I guess, fantasy on ships. <laughs> yeah. So, so what's sort of new is kind of, I, yeah. I think of it as like a mid-crunch game. Mitch Crunch, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've heard people call it quite crunchy, but it's a lot mm-hmm. less crunchy than I think. I think it's about the same as D&D 5th edition, crunch Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. I think if you're coming from, um, you know, D&D to a different system, it can mm-hmm. be intimidating because it's different. Yes, um, yes, But definitely. if it was your first game, mm-hmm. I think it's probably about the same sort of buy-in as D&D is. Okay. In terms of the sort of mental overhead. The sort of, the amount of investment you have to make in yeah. learning rules and so forth. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, like you, you said, uh, like 2014 January you did the Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 995 oh, backers. That's what it said on the internet. Ages ago. I know, right? It doesn't feel that long ago. Yeah. Uh, you you said you were inspired by games in the 80s, so you sort of had a design vision. Yeah. Um, like, is there a, a core mechanic for what's all this new, or do you favour individual custom subsystems? Uh, there is a core mechanic. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a, a dice pool system using D6s. Mm-hmm. And essentially the core mechanic is um, you form a pool of dice yeah. based on an attribute and a skill, mm-hmm. and then you roll to beat a target. Okay. So you have um, a number of attributes, which are your sort of core characteristics, so strength, yeah. agility, mm-hmm. logic, charisma, you know, those sorts of things. Oh, okay. And that, with, uh, was it about six or seven of those? Uh, there's nine. Not, of nine. Those. Nine of them. Okay, yeah. Uh, and then you have skills, which are things that you're, you've learned, mm-hmm. things you're trained in. Mm-hmm. That's how they, they differentiate from the attributes. Yeah. So what you do, essentially, when you try and do something, um, mm-hmm. you add an attribute to a skill. Okay, yeah. Um, so, so any attribute can be used with any skill. I mean, I mm-hmm. can't think why necessarily you'd combine strength, botany, thing, but 
possibly there is a situation where that that might be called for you need to do some serious weeding yeah there, we so go. there you go for, for, wow. for example that, yeah. that. Got, got the flexibility to do that yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> so so in a game where you do have to do some really really heavy duty weeding yes and um, the gm might call for a strength and botany check. okay yeah and um, so you take your strength which is say 3d6 yeah. and you look at your botany which is say 2d6 and you go oh i get 5d6 and you roll your 5d6 okay that's basically the core mechanic that seems pretty simple yeah, yeah. Um, not many people obviously are going to have the botany skill, but the way the okay. skills work is there is an open-ended list. Yes. So basically, if you want a skill in something, mm-hmm. if you want to say, oh, I've got a skill in rock climbing, or a skill in swords, I've got a skill in pistols, I've got a mm-hmm. skill in sailing, I've got a skill in, I don't know, um, hand gliding, yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah. whatever you want, yeah. anything anything can be a skill. Okay, so you can just... It's essentially a keyword. A skill is a keyword. Ah, sort of like a tag, like a games like Powered by the Apocalypse and yeah. stuff like that. Okay, yeah. So, you know, if you you, you generally ask the GM, so the GM will say, I, I'm, climb, I'm, I'm going to climb this this old cathedral, I'm going to climb the wall mm. of this old cathedral, and the mm-hmm. GM will go, well, that's going to be an agility check. Yeah. And um, then he'll go, do you have climbing as well mm. as a skill? And you're like, not really, but I do have architecture. Okay. Does that make me familiar with, like, old buildings like this? And, mm-hmm. you know, whether I can put my weight on gargoyles and things like that. And the um, GM will go, yeah, fair enough. So oh, we'll okay. have an agility and architecture check, please. Oh. So then you'll go, well, I've got 3d6 in agility and 1d6 in architecture. I'm running 4d6. Oh, um, I, I, I'd probably, like, check a, like a folk tip at them or something. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here with your trying to blag architecture. <laughs> well, you know, it's... Uh, it depends on your GMing style, yeah, I yeah, think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I tend to be a sort of a more of a permissive GM. I don't. Oh, I like to say yes, but possibly. No, I'm more of a projectile-based. Um. <laughs> projectile-based GM. Yeah. Fair I, enough. I, I blame it on I blame it on time spent teaching. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's basically the core of the system. So yeah. It's quite a simple core mechanic. Mm, mm, mm. Okay. Yeah. And what sort of and does the target number differentiate? Dif- yeah, the differ- GM sets the target. Mm-hmm. I mean, some things have set target numbers. Like if you're attacking yeah. someone, their defense score. But right, right, right. So that's sort of a generate statistic you generate ahead of yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, other other target numbers might be an opposed role where another creature is in a role at the same time as you. Whoever gets mm. the highest wins, or there might be a static target number. Oh, okay, yeah. So it's like ten is like a routine task. Fifteen okay. is like a challenging one 20 is a difficult one okay so it sort of goes up and what what are you looking to roll on the dice then or is that just a total on the dice yeah okay so you roll your pool of d6 so 5d6 and if you get 15 or more or 10 or more you've succeeded yeah and if you roll three okay. sixes you get a crit. ah critical success nice mm. nice okay that's how all sounds simple enough i mean what what's your like you know your proudest or your most eureka moment when you're all like, working on the design Ooh, that's a question yeah, um, I know. That's why I'm asking. <laughs> so the the bit I like the most, yes. which is a super super crunchy mm-hmm. starship design system. Oh yeah, because yeah. because it's totally you know the game the game the core game system's quite sort of mid crunch mm-hmm. on the slightly low I'd say mid crunch. Okay. But you can get this very super crunchy starship construction man. Mm-hmm. Don't need it at all to play the game. You can no, just no. literally use books straight, uh, starship straight out of the book. You, you know, you don't need it. But if you if you do like that sort of thing, yeah, and um, I do, yes, and uh, that comes from my love of Fassa's starship construction. You're back in the eighties for Star Star Trek. Fassa. Uh, oh, okay. So the was it was that Western Games? No, Fassa. No, it was Fassa. Okay, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Fassa. Uh, um, so that's so Fassa's Star Trek game, which was again like pulled D six for Star Trek. No, that was a per, uh, percentile. 
percent half. Oh, okay, right. But the Starship Construction Manual um, basically mm-hmm. let you choose your hull type and types and your mm-hmm. weapons and your shield types and all this sort of stuff. Okay. And it was quite a sort of mid-math heavy system. And it was kind mm. of fun. Yeah. I, I liked doing that. Sort of as a teenager, I used to, you know, spend ages designing Starships. Yeah, fair enough. And uh, so I just thought, just as an optional add-on to this, mm-hmm. I'd create my own Starship, inspired mm. by that. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and so I did, and I love it, and I just love designing Starships with it. Seems entirely reasonable to me. Um, who doesn't love designing a Starship? Exactly. And if, it, if that does take too long and that is too crunchy for you, there is also online a Starship creation um, mm-hmm. app, which you can just go on and like do one in this. Oh, okay. Just quickly set your hull size, set your engine, set your weapons, all that sort of things really quickly, and there's your mm-hmm. Starship. Do you, do you have a lot of online support for character creation and all that jazz? Yeah, yeah there's a, a character builder, mm-hmm. uh, the Starship Builder, as mentioned. Mm-hmm. Is, uh, the entire rules set is available for free online with a rules reference document, which oh, is okay. open gaming content. Ah, so you've got a system reference document. But Essentially, yeah. So that's, but that's the bare bones of the rules. There's no yeah, it doesn't include all the examples and all the fluff text or any of that. Oh, okay, yeah. Basically, the rules there. Mm, the nice, rules nice. Uh, I guess you've got a web presence so do you then get a lot of community content, community building, that sort of thing? Yeah, um, we've got a community content program, which mm-hmm. some people have released books under. Oh, really? Um, it's similar to the, uh, so what is the Coast one's called? DM's Guild, maybe? Yeah, yeah DM's yeah, Guild. Guild. Mm. Similar to that, basically. You can, you can oh, release okay. a sort of uh, book, the article, or yeah, other but, product. Because you've got the uh, Sa- Savage Savage. DM or something, Savage Guild. Yeah, there's about a dozen of them now. There's one yeah. for the Cypher system, there's one for mm. Traveller, there's one for there's Savage the, Worlds that the, you just said. Yeah. There's, there's loads of them. Mm. Um, okay. So yeah, it's one of those. Uh, any idea how big sort of the uh, what's all these new space is? Space? Like, uh, well, you've got your three core books, mm. which do the like basic mechanics. And what, what sort of other settings are there out there? Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Um, so there's this uh, series of softcover books mm-hmm. called the W series. The W series? Yes. Um, there's an internal company history behind why it's called that, but they're mm-hmm. called the W series. Okay. Uh, and each one of these is it's between like 60 and 100, depending on how, mm-hmm. how in-depth we go into it. Each one of these contains for a totally separate genre, mm-hmm. an adventure, yep. news, uh, careers, mm-hmm. equipment, mm-hmm. Uh, possibly races, Ooh. and a background material. Nice. So each one of them is designed to introduce a new genre to the game. So the first one was, and we've mentioned it on the podcast before, was uh, Xenomorphs. Oh, the, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. So, sort of. so that, that basically allowed you to play a A-style campaign. Mm, mm, mm. Included new careers, mm-hmm. new races like the synthetics and things like that. And okay. new monsters mm. like the aliens themselves. Nice. And specific equipment. Yeah, yeah. So it's like uh, eventually you can play through... through but with a lot of extra things, so you can expand and yeah. use that in your own games, yeah? So the second one was Dark Decade. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you think Buffy, yes. but more for grown-ups and set in a gritty 80 orc. I, I think you'll find Buffy is for grown-ups. <laughs> <laughs> or like starring grown-ups. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I see, yeah. So it's less Scooby Gang and more like, you know, if they're grown-up in 80s well, New York. students. Oh, right. That sort of thing. Right, right, with yeah. you. So, yeah, it was what, set, set New York's on the hell mouth, is it, or...? Yeah, sort of, yeah, there's yeah. vampires running around New York. A lot of the Poor crime course. that goes on in New York, because, you know, like, in the 80s, it was mm, quite... It's really bad, yeah. Yeah. Um, all of that crime, really, is uh, vampires and undead and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. things like that. So, um, you know, you don't want to... Um, there's a, 
big vampire lair under the castle in mm-hmm. Central Park. Yep. Um, a lot of the subway tunnels have lairs. And, mm-hmm. um, okay. This is Shadow Market. All the undead there, they go and trade and stuff. Okay, yeah. Um, run by this demon called Big Daddy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's got a couple of uh, uh, new careers in there, like the uh, Vampire Slayer. Oh, nice, uh, nice. Uh, and the mentor. Yeah. And a couple of new races like the werewolf. Ooh. And stuff like that. Nice, nice. So that's, that's, that's a fun sort of setting stroke adventure there. Mm. Um, then we've also got coming soon Ghost Breakers, the spirit of Manhattan. I see. Would, would, would they, when, when you say they, they're Ghost Breakers, would they be sort of busting these ghosts? They'd be breaking these ghosts. <laughs> They'd be breaking these ghosts, not busting them. That's a different, <laughs> different thing altogether, yes. Um, there's one called Lower Decks. Lower Decks? Uh, the Spartan Gambit coming out soon. Ooh. Um, so this is... Galleon-based? Well, t- it, no, take uh, Star Trek. Right. But it's from the point of view, not of the bridge officers, mm. but of, like, who should be sent away team. Oh, I see. Rather than the bridge officers. Right, so right on the end what we would charitably call the main cast. <laughs> so the captain in this yeah. is probably some distant figure that you you occasionally see. Oh, okay. You get sent on missions and stuff. And the Spartan Gambit, which is the adventure included in that one, is Die Hard on a Spaceship. I see. So you're on an away mission. Mm-hmm. You go back to the ship to find out the Spartans, which is a race bit Klingon air, has That's taken over the ship. Awkward. Uh, the bridge crew has been captured. Okay. And uh, are hostages. And uh, the turbo lifts have all been shut down. Ooh. And basically, you have to crawl around this sort of enterprise-sized ship and uh, basically do die hard on a spaceship. You have to die hard your way through 56 levels of spaceship yeah. in order to try and rescue the yeah. uh, bridge crew and kick off the Klingons. Yeah. And the other one that um, I've recently decided is going to be uh, in the W's. Do you remember I did those um, uh, random animal... Random... Oh, yes, yes, that's right. Animal things? Yes. I've decided to make a, a setting stroke adventure out of that. Sort of but that'll be some way, that'll probably be a year or so. Oh, okay, so TM, TMNT adjacent. Like an accidental anthropomorphic animal or adventurous, maybe in kicking more lays. I don't know. I haven't decided for sure yet. I think 4A is definitely the way to go. Yeah, possibly. Uh, beats AAA every time. Yeah, so that's that's the way uh, we're sort of introducing new settings to it. Mm, okay. With this capability of mixing like all these different genres and so mm. forth, like uh, you, you're, you're familiar with like the old Appendix N like from yeah. Dungeons and Dragons because yeah, that had some like really really crazy stuff in there mm. like you know, I mean um, it seems to me like it would be almost perfect to like introduce sort of a, a fantastic mishmash of uh, things here yeah I think there's a sort of an equivalent of Appendix N on the website where I say where my inspiration mm. it tends mm-hmm. to be less novels and more TV series and okay. movies but it's still an Appendix N yeah yeah it? It, it seems like a really uh, sort of TV centric thing like a, yeah. like, let, me, let me call up the list here we go inspirations so here we go. this is what I said so um, this is this uh, FAQ down here um, so new is inspired yeah. by Star Trek Star Wars Battlestar Galactica Firefly Babylon 5 the Alien franchise um, along with some harder science fiction of uh, Asimov Niven and Clark okay yeah now it's all about movies like the w- 007 franchise Rambo, Commando, Die Hard, mm-hmm. Lethal Weapon, Mad Max, Indiana Jones, and TV shows like The A-Team, Knight Rider, Charlie's Angels, Buffy, and The Six Million Dollar Man, with mm. a healthy sprinkling of John Woo and Bruce Lee. Nice. And finally, Old is sort of gritty medieval fantasy of Glenn Cook, the works of David Eddings and mm-hmm. Gemmell, 
Robert mm-hmm. E. Howard, Howard, uh, Howard uh, Le Guin, Abercrombie, Rothfuss, and of course Tolkien. Mm, nice. It's very yeah. But I think I haven't really actually seen that many official settings where it's a fantasy, but it's set sort of almost post-apocalyptically. And so, like, yeah, if you wanted to do Thundercats, say, mm-hmm. how, how, how would you go about doing that? Um, I suppose you'd be combining old and new together, wouldn't you? Mm. It's basically, Thundercats is a bit Star Wars-y in a way, I suppose. You have melee yeah. weapons with futuristic technology involved in them. Yeah, and you've got, like, a Thunder Tank. You've yeah, got, exactly, like, yeah. the Sword of Omens, which is clear, straight-out magic. And, yeah, so there's magic combined with, yeah. So yeah. you combine those two, I think. Yeah, but, 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 but a lot of it can be explained with sufficiently advanced technology, using yeah. clocks or... Like, you know, Mumra, the ever-living, is he really a sorcerer? Or is he just some really crazy old dude who's got a lot of nanites going on? I think he is a sorcerer. Well, he'd like to be a sorcerer, but, yeah, you know, I mean, like I say, with sufficiently advanced technology, it's ambiguous. Sure. Yeah, I, I think. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I suppose you could have the opportunity for your Dread game to fall back into 80s New York and clean up some vampires. Sure. I mean, it's all completely compatible. Yeah, so there's, there's no, like problems of overpower or stuff it's just like does your it'll basically bear whatever your fiction will will take essentially yeah yeah because because quite a lot of games that handle different genres they'll change the rules for the different genres and i tried not to do that Mm -hmm. so literally you could take a character one game stick it in the other and it works perfectly there's no if you think like uh (laughs) how they did with D &D and d20 modern you couldn't move one from the other very easily Mm -hmm. you had to convert them yeah despite the fact that they both use the d20s Mm. So there's none of that. It's, it's exactly the same system. Yeah, okay. And you can literally take you know, Judge Dredd mm-hmm. and whack him in Tolkien. It's a bit weird. <laughs> he, 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 he might feel a little out of place, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, as the tagline of the game goes, you know, place your wizard on a starship. You yeah. Know, take a wizard from fantasy from fantasy games, stick him on the bridge of a starship. Oops, fine. Judge Dredd nicks a Balrog. What, what could go wrong? Yeah, I wonder who would win a fight between Judge Dredd and a Balrog. Just read. <laughs> Which ammunition would he use? <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure he's got one in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. I guess uh, sort of a follow-up question to like these sort. So you've got like this fantastic range of products and so forth, mm. but surely that makes it quite hard to e- explain to people to get new people on board. I mean, who who's your like sort of target customer? What is it about what's old is new that should make people sit up and take notice? I think probably the target customer would probably be people like myself. Mm-hmm. So people who have been gaming for a while yeah. and have a sort of twinge of nostalgia for 80s stuff, but mm-hmm. want yeah. a modern rule set that isn't oh, okay. too light. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the other tagline is rules that aren't so light, they'll blow away in the wind. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm not I'm not a big fan of super, super light rule sets where basically it's just improv theatre. Yeah, and, okay. You, you know, uh, I, 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 I do like... I do like a sort of solid rule set. Oh, uh, I suppose like uh, the character creation system. That I think I remember that being really interesting because you sort of... It's a life path system, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if anyone who's played um, Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay no. or who has played Traveller yes. with me with life path systems. Mm-hmm. So a life path system, essentially you take careers one after another mm-hmm. and these tell you what your character has been doing. Mm-hmm. So for example, your character, you might say he was orphan. Yeah. So that's your first... Um, uh, that's your sort of your career, base background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of origin. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you say, uh, then he uh, went to college. Uh, and, and at each stage, they get um, some skills. Yeah. Or the so choice of some skills. And some attributes, yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah, and then, so, I don't know, uh, then he became normally as well, a soldier, so. and then he left the army and a police officer, mm-hmm. and then and now he works as a sailor on... It's a really strange career, but you know yeah. what I mean? 
people people live varied lives yeah exactly i mean and for like people who've like had a bit more life experience like myself i mean i i i could build my life in um in what's old is known in a way that i wouldn't be able to do in other role-playing game systems (laughs) so when you take each career each one it's it's really simple Mm -hmm. so each career you take your career so you won't go right i'm taking sailing a sailor Mm -hmm. sorry yeah, yeah. My um, so, and then you look at the sailor career, and it's just like a sort of credits card sized amount of information. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not big. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, and it goes, oh right, you get plus one strength, plus one agility. Mm-hmm. I can't remember offhand. I'm making this up. Yeah, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's Something like plus Example. one strength, plus one agility, um, probably plus one intuition. You probably have to be perceptive to be a sailor. Mm-hmm. Um, plus no, one good. luck, maybe. I don't. I can't remember exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then it also says these skills as well. You mm-hmm. get a choice of these skills, and this. Obviously, sailing's going to be in that list. Yeah, Swimming's going to be in that list. Mm-hmm. Um, climbing ropes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Climbing's bit, probably going to be in that list. Bit of barroom. Yeah. Cruising, that sort of thing, yeah. Yeah. Carousing. Carousing, yeah. carousing that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah, so, so you get those choices, and then you'll get to choose one special ability. Mm-hmm. And uh, just off the top of my head, because I can't remember to say the career exactly, but yeah, I yeah. think the uh, careers, the uh, exploits were like, you, uh, one is uh, climbing the rigging. Basically means when you climb, the you climb e- at your full speed. The exploits? Yeah. So climb, climb the rigging would be... what? Uh, what's an exploit? It's what I just said. And I say oh, you okay. get a special ability called an exploit. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you have to listen. That's part of the interviewing process. <laughs> I am confused by this. Uh, you're going to have to go over it again. So. <laughs> yeah. so each career, you get a choice of exploit. Okay, yeah. So the career might have like sort of four or five exploits. Mm-hmm. So you choose one of them. So it just yep. ensures everyone taking the career is... Okay. Um, so one might be climbing the rigging, for example, which just makes you mm. really good at climbing and you're moving yeah. your foot and climbing and stuff. Or you could call it like top man or something like that. Yeah. Or one might be uh, sea legs, Ooh. which means you're so used to rolling about on the sea and seasickness doesn't affect you and stuff. Mm. You're basically immune to the sick condition. You just uh, don't get sick. Okay, yeah. So if someone poisons you with the sick condition... Nice. Going, eh, uh, really used to be sick. I can just I've, ignore it. I've had worse. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> that sort of thing. Or yeah. I don't know. Uh, there are there are a few weird ones as well. Sort of like yeah. uh, in the uh, spy career, like to put in this Ooh. one, which is called uh, monologue. Where you yeah. could just you could just like make the bad guy just do a little monologue, and explain his <laughs> which is you know straight out of a Bond film. And, uh, yeah. Uh, okay, well, it sounds it sounds pretty good. You got like uh, the conditions as well, which are I suppose an alternative to. Doing hit point damage. Oh, well, you do have hit points. Yeah, yeah. Health. but but, but you got both, so but it you gives also you get conditions, which you know you have in D and D. So conditions yeah, yeah. a bit like blind, sick, or mm-hmm. um, confused, or forgetful, and, or dazed, or that sort. Of and thing. and different levels of those conditions yeah, as well with yeah. worsening so, effects. Yeah, so as you hit, get hit with a condition more times, mm-hmm. it gets worse. Yeah, yeah. So the first level of dazed is basically lose one action. Okay. Yeah. The second level of dazed, all your actions. Oh, wow. Uh, what other ones are there? North. For example, there's burning, for example. Burning, yeah, yeah. You set on fire, yeah. and someone hits you with a flamethrower, and you end up set on fire. Yeah. You're taking 1d6 damage around. Oh, Just at the start of your turn. If they do it again, you're even more on fire, you're taking 2d6 damage around. Well, you go from flambe to crispy. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. And then, you know, you can, at the beginning of your round, you can try and shake off conditions. Mm. So, you know, if you're on fire, you might decide to roll around on the ground or jump uh, in some water or something. Oh, okay. And you get to try and shake it off. Right, right with condition. you. Okay, that makes sense. Is there anything else you'd like to tell people about what's old is new? 
I quite like the magic system, you know, which yeah. is intimidating at first glance, but it's actually mm. super simple. It's surprisingly mm. simple. And mm. I'll, I'll explain it because you told me mm. that you've been intimidated. No, I said that I couldn't make it work. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, so how it works is this. Yes. So, essentially, uh, it's a verb noun system. Yeah, because um, you, like you got, you got magic as. yeah. So you got the you got your magic attribute for your character. No, that's just and, how. Yes, yeah. so you got, got your magic skill. You got your magic attribute, which is just how powerful you are. Yes, essentially, what's your raw magical power? It's your attribute. Mm-hmm. It's like your strength. It's like your agility. Yeah, yeah. It's just an attribute. It's just yeah. It's just base attribute of your yeah. character. Yeah. And then you have skills in different types of magic. Yes. So yeah. you might have evocation, have conjuring, might yeah. have uh, abjuration, something transmutation. Schools of magic, you can yeah. even create your own. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that is exactly the same as any other attribute check. If you're doing an arm wrestle, mm-hmm. you might be you might combine strength and wrestling. Okay. And yeah. check. If you're casting a fireball, you yeah. might combine your magic and your evocations. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, if you if you're enchanting somebody, mm-hmm. it'd be magic and your enchantments. So exactly the same mechanic. Yes. Identical mechanic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's basically the core of it. Yes. Uh, the only um, little addition to that is that there are these things called secrets. And they're basically the subjects that you can do magic with. Yeah, yeah I remember those. So, yeah. if you've got the secret of fire, you, you could do fire-related stuff. If you've got the secret of water, you can do water-related stuff. Yeah. So, um, so, you run a class of fireball, you do, you take your magic, yeah. add your evocation, yeah. and make that roll. Yeah. Um, and you can do that if you know about fire-related, which is by having the secret. So, you could evoke fire? Yeah. Okay. So, so, yeah. So, um, you, form, you, you basically, essentially, you form that into a word. So, you... Okay. Uh, uh, you take your secrets, which are the subjects that you can, the flavors of magic you can do. Yeah. And you yeah. take your skills. Yeah. So you could evoke fire or evoke water or evoke ice, mm-hmm. depending on what you've got. Or you could abjure fire, abjure water, abjure ice. Oh. Or you could create fire, create water. So exactly. you've got yeah. your verbs essentially in your nouns and you can combine them any way you like. Okay. So all the verbs you've got, all the nouns you've got, combine them any way you want. So you could move wood or mm. you could abjure metal or you okay. could um evoke uh yeah evoke plants yeah or something or summon can you evoke beasts plants? yeah summon beasts ah okay summon plants summon summon beasts. Yeah. yeah yeah so basically okay. you, you you combine a verb with a noun to make a spell right, right. and essentially okay. and then you just make a magic check with, with the skill okay. so it's, it is actually fairly simple i think once you've done it a couple of times you're sort of like oh yeah that makes sense yeah yeah i think it's um just one of those things where Sometimes you just need to see it in action. Yeah, I think a lot of people learn by doing rather than. I, I am very much that way yeah. myself. Yeah. So. I think, you know, once you've done it, one. Mm-hmm. There you go. It's super simple. Fantastic. Okay. Um, I think I, I don't think I've got any more questions about it, but yeah. anyway, thanks for talking me through it. I hope you learned something. It's possible. I can't, I can't rule <laughs> it out. I can't rule it out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I am quite, I am quite fond <clears throat> of this. It's, uh, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm sort of intrigued by the idea of a. Uh, doing some sort of like pan-dimensional craziness mm. uh, with like people sort of doing like maybe a sliders game or Stargate yeah. or something. No, just um, ramshackle bouncing your way through realities, mm. uh, probably causing more problems than you saw. So, so like one, one week you're in this fantasy medieval adventure and the next week you're in this Star trek adventure and the next week you're, yeah. you're, you're dealing with the A-team or something. And, yeah, uh, yeah. And it's just like totally different each time. Uh, it's a... Uh, uh, but of course, the advantage of that is that you wouldn't have to change your rule system each time. Exactly. So yeah. Once people have put the initial investment of learning yeah. these rules, the only in, slight complication you would get with that is mm-hmm. you wouldn't necessarily have the skills to survive in different. That does sound awkward. Because if you set, if you create a character using entirely fantasy-based skills and stuff, yes. you find yourself in a future setting. You're not going to be a pilot, a shuttle. 
for example, because yeah. you just won't know how to. But the rules are the same. Yeah, and if you happen to be created like some sort of science fiction pilot and find yourself in a fantasy thing, you're like, well, I, I guess the wheels go forward. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I got to pick a lock, huh? What's that? Uh, uh, there's no keypad. <laughs> what, there's no retina scan. Where, where, where do I plug the auto lock pick in? I yeah. don't understand. Hey. Yeah, exactly. But other, other than that, and also. <laughs> Um, one, one of the things with the uh, system is you can try anything. Mm. Um, because um, an attribute check is an attribute plus a skill. Yeah. Just because your skill is at zero doesn't mean you can't make the check. Um. Just means you've got a lower number in it. So <laughs> technically, yeah, fantasy barbarian sitting in a shuttle could actually try and make a sort of logic check to work out how to use That is very 80s movie logic. He wouldn't have the piloting yeah. skill, but, you know, he's... He might, if he has a semblance of intelligence, he might be able to deduce how to make it work. He might be able to look on it. Wait a minute, that says start. I'm mm. going to try that. <laughs> just press the buttons and look, <laughs> yeah. look rather than judgment will guide you through. That's yeah. always the way forward. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So there you go. That's that's the what's old is new system. Okay. Thank you very much for letting me know. Right. Okay. Um. So I guess. That brings us to the end of the podcast. I suppose it is. We're finished for yet another day. I suppose we could talk about what we've got coming up because we do have yeah. exciting guests. We've well, got... because because today was so self-promoting. I don't feel yes. too guilty about that because we have got some guests coming in which are the opposite of self-promoting. Yeah, well, they'll be promoting themselves, hopefully. Yes. Um, we've got well, we won't be promoting ourselves. We'll be promoting yeah. them. Uh, we've got uh, Ed Jarrett from Shades of Vengeance. Yes, he's we got, do. He's got his miniatures Kickstarter okay. he wants to talk about. But we'll be talking more generally, I think, about... Yeah, he's been on before, and it was an absolute pleasure having him. So I suppose we'll be talking about science fiction in general. Uh, we have Sarah Newton of oh. Mindjammer fame. Yeah. A novelist and game designer. It's a potent combination. Been looking yeah, forward to that. that's going to be fun. Uh, we've got Chris Spivey. Or Spivy. Or Spivy. I believe it's Spivy, but I'm sure he'll tell us when we when we meet him. It's an important question. We need to, <laughs> we need to find out how to pronounce his name before he gets on the podcast. Yes. I feel that's important. And he wrote... Harlem Unbound. Yes, which, which uh, won what, an NE. Yeah, absolutely. Gold yeah. at the NEs for uh, like, you know, being an absolutely fantastic yeah, so we've got some great guests coming on soon. Uh, yeah. We've got John Dodd later in the year. Ah, he is yes. um, the floor manager at UK Games Expo and one of the directors of Dragon Meat. And he's been um, involved in convention a long, long time. And we're going to chat to him just about, you know, the yeah. challenges and excitement how, of running and organising a convention. How, how, how do you organise a big uh, convention? Because, hmm. I mean, let's face it, it's these massive things which can draw people in and uh, really bring the role-playing yeah. game community together. Yeah, so we've got great guests coming on over the yeah. next, uh, next few weeks. I'm hoping for more. And, uh, dear listeners, if you have any people that you think we should like try and speak to or you can hook us up, Give us a shout. Uh, we're on the Discord. We're on the email. Uh, Twitter as well with Russ. Yeah, at Morris. Yeah, at Morris. Uh, the Facebook. Facebook. There's so yeah. many ways you can reach us. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's it for the week. Indeed. So, um, thank you so much for listening. Yeah, um, it's, uh, it's going to be goodbye for me, Peter Coffee. Sam Trump's good grown players. It's goodbye for me, Russ, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Is it over? I was taking a nap because they were so boring. I think I'll probably torture Russ a bit this evening, just to amuse myself. Maybe the rack. I'm sure I'd enjoy stretching him out a bit until his bones crack. Maybe it'll improve his terrible posture.